Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that my guest today always brings the goods, and he is, of course, Matt Donovan, Chief Learning and Innovation Officer at GP Strategies. Matt, it's always great to have you on. Yeah, glad to be here again. Love our conversation, so thanks How for having me. How many times have you been on at this point? Do you, have, do you even know? Oh, wow. I can't even count, but there's so many. They're always <laughs> great. I just can't keep count. <laughs> anyway, it's always great to have you on, and... Our topic today is a really interesting and relevant one, and it's something that, especially since the pandemic hit, pretty much every business in pretty much every industry has had to deal with in one way or another, namely workforce transformation. Now, that's a pretty broad term. It can mean a lot of things. So let's start with how you define the term, workforce transformation. Well, it really gets back to shifting a workforce or, or the humans inside an organization as they're able to meet new strategic goals or initiatives for an organization. So as new uh, needs come out for the organization, they're trying to gain market share, achieve efficiencies, reduce costs, have a better customer engagement, whatever those new things are, how do we help the humans in the, that system actually better achieve those goals? And that's really about that transformation is from the current state to where they need to be in the future and helping those humans move inside that system. Okay. So this is something that's always constantly happening in most businesses insofar as things don't stay static. And again, since the pandemic hit, the businesses' goals, initiatives, priorities have, have all been shifting around. Is what we're seeing now fundamentally different in terms of transformation or what's needed to navigate the transformation? Or is it more on the continuum of what companies have already been doing to handle workforce transformation? When I think it comes when it comes to, to transformation, I think there's three dimensions that 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 make it different than it has been in the past. I would say the first dimension really is in the what I can say the volatility of the change or the disruptions that we're seeing. So the amplitude of the actual change and the severity of the types of change or the swings that we're seeing. So those disruptions are becoming more significant. It's also in in the speed or the acceleration that we're seeing at that rate of disruption. So we're seeing more significant disruptions more often coming in. And I think in the third way, it's in its ability to be certain or known as to what that disruption is going to, how it's going to change the business, what the new roles we need to have out of it. So it's not, hey, it was a predictable change. We used to do it this way. We do it differently. A new environmental shift, and now we're going to go back to the old way. That's not what we're seeing. This transformation is really coming at us more significantly, faster than ever, and in ways that we haven't been able to predict. So we have to think differently how we're engaging around that transformation to help the humans be able to be more agile, be more resilient, and be able to actually help problem solve towards what is uh, the skill, what are the skill sets? What do they actually need to succeed with the new challenges that they're facing? Because we don't have the time to constantly figure out what is the right answer? What is the true definition of that new role or that new function that we need to have in place? Okay. So it sounds like COVID is maybe 
our most recent example of a major and totally unpredicted kind of transformation, but that it's maybe not unique. It's there are lots of different things that can crop up. And a, a pandemic being one of them, maybe one of the most alarming. It's a great, it's a great example. And yeah. it's a perfect example that actually hits all three of those conditions. So if you think about many of the businesses that, that were coming, that were operating in North America or in the United States late or early March, many of them were still continuing along business as usual. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic definitely grew up. And then all of a sudden, we went from being able to have a lot of our face-to-face contacts to being able to have to work virtually or being disconnected from our customers. All of a sudden, that set in. And that was for everybody. So when you talk about severity of that change, going from what you were able to do, how you were able to connect with customers, many in face-to-face or working in manufacturing spaces to actually come into a physical plant to do that, all of that changed significantly. So many people were affected by it. So so it had an example of significance. It also had a lot of ways in which it would begin to change within itself. So not only were we doing it, but it was like different parts of the country, different states, different organizations, they were all responding to the pandemic differently, but as part of an interconnected system, we were all experiencing that change in different cycles. And so it was coming across. So you have severity and then the number of changes that are happening within a small window around that. Now, when we look at all of a sudden, when you normally run a business, let's talk about like sales and customer engagement. When you used to have organizations that were really having high touch face-to-face with their customers and all of a sudden you can't, or you used to be able to have folks come in and be able to man the production lines at full capacity, or if you're in a hospital and being able to have a full staff with it, all of a sudden you don't have that. How do you start to change your business practices to adapt to trying to maintain productivity levels while also ensuring that you have safety in the workplace while you're also trying to balance uh, the needs of the workers while they're trying to accommodate family and environmental changes that they're also dealing with as well. So when it comes into how do we solve those problems, because there was no single answer on how to respond into to the pandemic. So we had to continuously problem solve with that. It's not like we would just go, oh, the last time we had a pandemic, here's what we did. Most organizations didn't have that. So all of a sudden, we had to work our way through it start to problem solve. How will we reinvent and reconnect with our customers despite the constraints put us through the pandemic? So that was a perfect example of all three conditions. So when that change came in, how do we help that workforce transform to the new conditions in place? And that's really uh, GV Strategies. That's our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. We're here to help enable the humans in the system to make that transformation. Okay, great. So now let's focus on learning organizations and specifically how workforce transformation, first, how workforce transformation affects L&D in particular. I think from an L&D standpoint, we're looking at the humans and we want to be able to have them adjust to the environmental shifts or change. So anytime you have a change in performance, a change in performance outcomes, there's always going to be an element of training and development that has to happen. I was doing something yesterday. I'm doing something different tomorrow. That delta in that behavior means I need to probably learn something new to be able to do that. So there will always be a place for training and development to enable the humans within that. But it's not 
just the training and development, but it's also bringing in the non-training elements as part of that solution as well. The reinforcement, the behavior change, bringing in concepts like nudging and, and micro-commitments, incorporating systems like coaching and mentoring, field-based performance evaluations and feedback. Those are all critical components of what I would say that performance improvement system that really goes hand in hand with workforce transformation. Okay. So it seems like if you're an L&D leader in an organization, you're affected in all kinds of ways, right? You'll be affected in first in how you do your job. You as an L&D leader will have to adapt to new techniques, new technologies, new realities. And also your role may not, may not be totally transformed, but maybe there's a greater urgency or it's enhanced or you have to provide leadership in a different way than you were than you were before the environment changed and things started transforming. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is it's an and conversation, not just a top down from an organizational or a leadership. We're talking about when we are talking about workforce transformation, we're talking about bringing the actual workers or the performers into the actual system as they become uh, contributors and helping define what that transformation needs to be, having to take ownership in that learning journey, being able to take accountability for the training and development themselves, contributing to it, enabling others through peer mentoring, peer coaching. So it's not just an organizational-centric approach. It's really bringing a full systemic where we're bringing the workers into a critical function or role in that workforce transformation. Yeah. So let's talk about GP strategies. How has GP been affected by the pandemic? And in terms of workforce transformation, and how have you guys been handling that internally? Oh, and I think there's a couple of different dimensions with that. So when you look at GP strategies ourselves, we, we actually had been working significantly for the organization from a virtual position because we have so many client partners that we work with in so many countries, uh, you know, so many regions. In many ways, we were already working virtually, collaborating virtually. We did have some pockets where we had more face-to-face -face offices, but a significant part of our population was actually virtual. So when the pandemic came on from a workforce transformation, the virtualization component was probably a little easier for us to work with because we'd been doing it for a while. And that was out of a necessity to be able to support our clients wherever they are around the world. Now, I think the other side of that is that because we work with so many clients and closely within their businesses as they were going through their transformations and how they adjusted. So we definitely had some customers who really were very face-to-face -face and did expect us to be able to participate in that type of work culture. So if we had a client that was really significantly affected, then the GP side was affected as well. Because if they were a face-to-face, -face, they really relied on, for example, a lot of face-to-face uh, learning programs to actually upskill maybe partners or internal stakeholders. We were often leading those workshops or creating the content for that face-to-face. -face. But when they shifted, we had to. So there's two dimensions, really. From a GP standpoint, we have had to continuously adjust around that virtualization a little bit. But it's also at the same time with each of our customers.
Now that's in the aspects of like when we think about the pandemic and the way in which we work and collaborate from a face-to-face standpoint. I will say that in terms of constantly upskilling, gaining new skill sets, gaining new approaches, really is around, I think, the innovation in, in continuing to skill build, helping our folks meet our customers wherever they are on that continuum. That is something we've been working with ongoing. So that hasn't changed mm-hmm. and that will continue to be a big part of what we're doing. So we've always had ongoing workforce transformation by the very nature of who and how we work with our customers. Mm-hmm. And transformations of any kind can be daunting and scary and obviously including a workforce transformation, but they can also present opportunities. And the, the uh, transformations driven by COVID I think for a lot of companies have been quite daunting, but have you seen in your experience working with companies during over the past several months, have you seen particular opportunities that have arisen that you can say going forward, like actually this is a good outcome? Yeah, absolutely. What we have seen, it's a good question. We've seen so much disruption that being consistently able to adjust and adapt to an increasingly VUCA environment is critical. So mastering um, the art of workforce transformation for an organization as a capability, I think is is an absolutely organizational skill set. It has to be there. Being able to can rapidly adjust your workforce to where your needs are absolutely important. So do I think that there are really good innovations and things that then necessitate the workforce to transform? Absolutely. I think so we're seeing all kinds of new, really you know, interesting ways in which people are working together. I've used an example of just a, a customer engagement example of being able to work in the ways in which companies engage their customers for completing a mortgage loan where we wrap the environment or the around them. So instead of me having to live, leave my life to go out and do that, you're actually able to bring the experience to me where I'm on my phone, I'm on my laptop, but it's in my life on my time when I'm trying to complete and do things. So I think there's been a lot of great advancements in the ways in which we're connecting with customers or better meeting the needs of internal employees. So I think there's been some interesting examples around that. Yeah. So now a lot of companies out there offer solutions for managing work, workforce transformation, whether it's through technology or training or whatever. And you mentioned before that workforce transformation is a sweet spot for GP strategies. You, you can put on your kind of salesman hat just for a, a minute or two. So what is, what's GP's special sauce when it comes to offering these kind of solutions? I think our special sauce really comes back to our understanding of how humans work, learn, and perform. And that's where we start start the conversation around workforce transformation. I, I know that other folks that may be in the industry uh, approach it more from the business side. We start from the human and how the humans work and perform and then come back and connect with the business and being able to do that. And I think that's really been a key differentiator for us and actually in how we succeed because in the end, it's going to really resonate where it needs to with the end workforce being able to own, take accountability for the ongoing transformation, we're able to come with more robust, I'd say more synergistic solutions. Okay, excellent. So finally, for L&D leaders who are listening to this episode, what's an actionable takeaway? What's one thing they can begin doing right away to improve what they're already doing to move in the right direction to deal with workforce transformation? 
I, I think one thing that is important, just as you might in an organization have a focus on, say, your cost, understanding your customer or, or having a map to your customer, I think it's important for an organization to start thinking about what is the experience you want to have for the learners, the individual workers, the performers? What is the experience that you want them to have that enables them to consistently evolve, adapt, and adjust to meet the needs of the business as it as the environment changes, as they change their strategies or goals? So how do you create an experience and a map defining what that experience looks like, feels like, just as much as you would in defining what is that engagement or that experience you want to have with your customers? That's just one thing that I think you could start off in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds important, and it sounds like it aligns with what you just said before about the secret sauce, that it's thinking about workers not just as cogs in a machine, but as human beings first, and in terms of human psychology. Yeah, a- absolutely. It starts with, again, how do humans, as we do, adopt new skills? How do we start to take accountability? How do we achieve, uh, I would say, that relevance in the work that we need to do, and then map that back to the core skills knowledge and abilities we need to have in order to perform. Okay. Matt, thank you as always. And of course, as always, you deliver the goods every single time. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.